Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to this episode of Talking Points. Today, we have the VP of Global Marketing and In-Flight Entertainment and Connectivity of Qatar Airways, Babar Rahman. So we'll essentially become the only airline with full fleet of broadband connectivity on board. That's ahead on this episode of Talking Points, right after this. Babar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Nice to be here. Now, I've got a very important question because it's going to set the tone for the whole podcast. I've been told it's Qatar. Some people say Qatar. I've been told the, uh, the real way to say it is with some sort of grumble in the throat. Mm-hmm. What is the actual way to say your airline? Let's settle it now. <laughs> so the actual way to say it is Qatar. Okay. Qatar Airways. I mean, that's in the dialect how you would say Qatar. the Qatar Okay. But, uh, of course, you know, somehow it might be difficult to pronounce for some accent. So you can also call it, in English, we call it Qatar. Qatar. And uh, Qatar Airways. So people can call it whatever they want as long as they're booking plane tickets. Absolutely. On, <laughs> on one of the best airlines on the planet. So did you always know that you wanted to get into the aviation business? Has this been a career dream of yours? Well, to be honest with you, I wanted to be a pilot. Oh. And uh, that's how it all began. But for some reason or the other, I was not able to finish pilot school. So uh-huh. I decided, okay, I might as well go into management. Okay. And I finished up courses in my bachelor's in actually computer sciences. And then I oh, cool. went on and did my double MBA in management and the other one in international marketing. Okay, I feel like an underachiever right now <laughs> with my undergrad in Spanish and economics from the University of Pittsburgh. Um, so did you grow up in Qatar? No, I've been in Qatar for the last 15 years. Okay. So it is like a home. Yeah. There is no other place that I would think about going for the time being. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a wonderful place. I mean, the uh, amount of achievement the country is pushing forward, what the country has achieved, what it's hosting in mm-hmm. two, three years' time, that would be the FIFA World yep. Cup in, in Qatar in 2022. So there's no better place to be for the time being but being in Qatar. So how did you get to Qatar Airways? Did you? What was your career arc that brought you? About 15 years ago, I was working for an agency, an advertising agency, and I was given a call from HR of Qatar Airways. I mean, it was a relatively unknown yeah, brand. Yeah, 15 back years then, ago, what exactly. was the fleet size, right? It was about 30, 35 odd fleet, and it was equal amount of destinations. So I never heard of the airline, and I was told that, hey, look, you know, if you want to come and join a growing brand, a growing airline, mm-hmm. come speak with us. We want somebody in our commercial marketing division. It was not a difficult decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt that it is a place where you would have an input and uh, you can be creative. It's not an established brand, which means that you have more say in growing yeah. that to where it's it is. A, that's a challenge and an opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, 15 years down the road, you know, been doing commercial marketing, then was moved to sponsorships, then in-flight entertainment connectivity about four years ago. And then more recently, I'm overseeing global marketing and communications for the airline. So that's a lot of different things that you're focused on, yes. especially because of all airlines. So we're today recording this at the Airline Passenger Experience Conference, where Qatar always takes home awards in the in-flight space. So global marketing and in-flight, those are wildly different you know, realms at an airline. Like, How do you bring it all together? So look, in our perspective, you don't see it as two very different elements. You know, I mean, essentially, your in-flight entertainment is your front-facing hardware to the passenger, and global marketing is how you are growing your brand 
and awareness in front of the same consumer as well. So essentially, it's a good marriage, mm. whereby you know, you're know you taking your global marketing efforts, and equally, you're positioning your in-flight screens, which are essentially your channels yeah. to your passengers, and putting your messages out there as well. And of course, also, it is like running a TV channel, right? Whereby you, know, you have to see what your consumers want. You need to go into data analysis, who's traveling, what are they watching, what they want to watch, and then accordingly make those decisions. So it's more quantitative, mm -hmm. and I think it's just a natural marriage between marketing and in-flight entertainment that you bring that together and show that you know, your message is absolutely clear and you're delivering from the data analysis that comes through your marketing efforts to deliver them on the IFE side of things as well. The airlines spend billions of dollars a year on content from studios. Like, How does it work? So when you go out to buy new content, you have a team of people constantly trying to get the new movies. Qatar, you've got a global audience on board, so you, you've got to be buying tons of content. So you're just always on the lookout for new content for your in-flight entertainment? Absolutely. Look, the new content, as you know, in the content buying cycle, I mean, whenever a new content is available, it's available to all airlines. I mean, what is the, the more difficult essence is that, you know, how do you bring the right content to your screens? And that, again, drills down to the fact of who are your customers, what are they watching, what do they want to watch? And accordingly, you go and have a team set out. We do have a team, to answer the question. Yes, we have a number of smart people who are looking at not on a monthly, but on a daily basis, looking at the data, who's watching, what kind of content we require, and accordingly work with the studios. This is the content. But apart from what you get yeah. in general of new titles that you get on board, you also have to see what other titles that we have to get which are relevant to our passengers. I have a question. So when I watch a movie in my Q-suite, and it's a new Hollywood hit, do you pay that per view, or are you paying to license all of it? Like, how does it work? Uh, Brian, you're taking me on thin ice now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying how much you pay, but like, how does the, the structure, I mean, I'm sure it's similar to most airlines. But without right? compromising how the yeah. deals work, yeah. I would say that, you know, it's based on an overall basis. It's based yeah. on how many passengers are flying on your airline on an annual basis. Got it. And based on that, you know, your calculations are done. What's the future of IFE, like streaming and Netflix and allowing people you know, all the different streaming services mm -hmm. to have that on board. Is that a priority to get people to bring their own streaming and connect on board? Well, Brian, I think you answered the question uh, yourself that, yes, you know, the future is streaming. Yeah. And that's why in Qatar, what we have done is we invested a lot in bringing broadband connectivity and that capability on board our aircraft and ensuring that, you know, when our passengers, I mean, streaming is the next, yeah. I wouldn't even say next yeah, uh, years. Is, I mean, yeah, it is the, the next thing. thing. Yeah. I mean, people still want to get on board today and start streaming their own Netflix accounts, yeah. their own Amazon Prime. Hilton, and so Hilton's so doing that. You know, Singapore Airlines has it where if you start, if you, with your Chris Flyer number, mm. you watch, you may go halfway, but the next time you're on board, you can pick up where you left off. Like, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And that, again, requires an infrastructure on the background to, mm. to achieve. You know, from our side, you know, digital is the core at all the decisions that we're making within mm. the IFE structure and the broader organization. And yes, absolutely, streaming is the thing, and which is what passengers would need in the future. And that is something we are ensuring that we are capable as well of delivering. What's the current state of in-flight Wi-Fi at Qatar? Do mm -hmm. you have the same provider on all planes, or the newer planes are equipped with the newest? Like, How do you keep a standardized experience so that people expect something but also keep innovating? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked, Brian. What we have done in the region, and when I say the region, the MENA region, we are the only airline for the time being which is offering broadband, true broadband connectivity. For the moment, we have got half of our fleet is on broadband Wi-Fi, and we are pushing really fast and forward to ensure that the remaining fleet is connected on broadband Wi-Fi as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So we'll essentially become the only airline with the full fleet of broadband connectivity on board. And what does that mean speed-wise? You can watch YouTube videos? Absolutely, like... you can watch YouTube videos. So uh, without going into too much commercial mm -hmm. details, that you get on board, one hour on a broadband is, is on is mm -hmm. on us, look at the experience, how do you enjoy it. It doesn't allow you to do streaming, mm -hmm. but if you buy a small package, it's a small dollar value that you pay, you get the whole connection for the full flight, and that includes streaming, 
streaming that includes downloads and as much as bandwidth you want to And consume. how does that work? Is it satellite broadband? That, it is satellite it? broadband because since we are a true global carrier, yeah. you know, A2G doesn't work for us at the moment. Yeah. So it's a true satellite provider. And currently it's based around two providers. But as I said, that for the passenger, providers are irrelevant. Yeah. At the end of the day, they want to see what they're getting on their mobile devices yeah. or what are they getting on their own devices and how fast is the connectivity. So we're choosing the right suppliers to deliver us that experience. Does it work when more people use it? I know in the U.S., a lot of airlines, mm-hmm. more people, especially on business routes, it's, mm-hmm. it cripples to a halt. Mm-hmm. How do you prevent that from happening with your So system? we have deployed a system on board. It's called traffic management. And what we do is we see how the passengers are using the data. So say, for example, if somebody who has paid for mm-hmm. the streaming service, they would automatically get the broader share of the connectivity on board. And whoever's... Uh, on our one-hour free Wi-Fi service. I mean, they would not get a bad experience, but they would essentially get a lower bandwidth. So essentially, we do traffic shaping, and that's based through an AI as well on the back end to ensure that whatever's coming from the pipe to the aircraft is accordingly distributed and delivered across the fleet. Would you say, is in-flight Wi-Fi a big moneymaker for Qatar? It doesn't begin from the fact that, you know what, we want to offer Wi-Fi because we want to make big money. Mm-hmm. You know, Wi-Fi is a service offering which includes everything, you know, mm-hmm. from what we serve on board and catering, it's essentially the passenger experience that's delivered, yeah. right? So Wi-Fi is one of those really important things that we have to deliver. Yeah. It's one of those things which I keep saying that, you know, I fee 25 people like, oh, who wants to watch movies on board? But look, today, it's, it's a norm. You yeah. need it. And now it's going into the next level. So for us, it's an entire service offering. Wi-Fi essentially delivers your whole digital ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, and I'm literally talking about not years from now, I mean, like in the very short term, you'll see people making a choice of an airline which is able to deliver Wi-Fi on board and true broadband Wi-Fi on board. And there's a huge commercial value in it. Airline headphones generally annoy me. I'm very brand specific to my Bose QC35, Bluetooth. I think that might be a reason why I've just, I have my MacBook mm-hmm. and my Bluetooth, mm-hmm. and I always forget the plug and the cord. So, when will we finally have passengers able to use their own Bluetooth headsets on IFE? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> Look, essentially, it has to do with technicalities, yeah. in essence. I mean, that, you know, currently there are a lot of tests out there, which is, uh, Providers are, and, and suppliers are checking how that uh, technology can be delivered in an environment or rather a closed mm-hmm. tube whereby you've got 300 plus passengers con- trying to connect on their Bluetooth headphones. How will that work? So it's mm-hmm. more of a technical, I wouldn't call it a limitation, a technical hurdle, mm-hmm. which I am 100% will be overcome very soon. Hmm. And as I said, stay tuned and, and, and you will hear some good you, news. You piqued soon. my interest. I <laughs> want to get back to your point you made that in-flight products are part of the brand and brand spending. And I can imagine working at an airline, there's a lot of you know, uh, accountants and number crunchers saying that's too expensive. So do you really add brand value to that experience? Like, how do you guys internally say, you know what, this is going to be expensive in an economy seat to put Mm. this piece of equipment? Absolutely. And look, I mean, for us in Azela, we are lucky we have a very smart leadership. I mean, His Excellency, Mm. uh, our group chief executive, for him, product is paramount and above everything. And uh, yes, we do make calculated decisions internally that if we are introducing a product on board, how will that affect our bottom line? But as I said, you know, the product always takes prime. That's why, you know, you're able to deliver products like the Q Suite, Mm -hmm. I mean, broadband connectivity, bringing, you know, first in the industry NFC on board. And those innovations don't just happen if you just say, look, you know, we're going to put this on board, but we'll have an effect on the bottom line. The bottom line has to be managed, but equally, the product has to be up there in regards to how you want to position your brand. All right, we're going to take a quick break now. I'll see you right after we hear from our sponsors. Welcome back to Talking Points. Let's jump back into it. Let's switch to your global marketing role. So it's got to be fun. So you ink partnerships with FIFA, other sports brands, events around the world. So you probably have a pretty fun job. Is that safe to say? It is interesting. 
it's quite a big task to manage a global brand mm -hmm. uh, such as Qatar Airways. I mean, it is not an easy task. But what we do is that, you know, through our efforts in global marketing, I mean, and that includes the various different Marcoms mm -hmm. communication efforts that we have to put on the front to ensure that our brand stands there. Because you're living in an environment where people are exposed to different various mediums and brands are trying to capture them one way or the other, yeah. trying to put them on the seat. So you have to see how you make your product differentiated from the others. At the end of the day, it's a seat and a tube which you're flying mm -hmm. from point A to point B. How do you want people want to try your product. And that, in essence, you know, while it's a fun job, it, it is quite, uh, I would say, difficult. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it is quite interesting, especially when you see the results yeah. of the campaigns that you put forward. You know, what is your thought on influencers and social media and sharing that in-flight experience? I'm sure it can go both ways. Are, are influencers a thorn in your side or do you view them as a big asset to the brand? A big asset to the yeah. brand. Absolutely. I mean, you know, people today, for example, I, when I go on a vacation somewhere, I do a whole bunch of research online. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I also have a few influencers and bloggers, which I personally follow. Mm -hmm. You're one of them. Okay, I was going to say. And, <laughs> and I do make those decisions yeah. based on, you know, what experiences they deliver. And, you know, even a destination, for example. I mean, when you say, okay, where do we fly in the world? Where do I go on a vacation? next. I mean, these influencers are essentially influencing mm -hmm. your decisions. So for them, they are our partners. We see them as our partners and as um, a channel for us to communicate our brand and let people experience our brand and, you know, on a, in a very natural and in a very real setting. What would you say to someone who's never really heard of Qatar Airways in a new route, explaining to them what the economy experience is like on Qatar versus other carriers? Like, how is flying Qatar different than any other carrier? So, I mean, number one is that our economy class is, uh, again, one of the best in the world. And we recently also took the experience, which is already up there, to a new level of introduced new products in economy, mm -hmm. which makes it as a different product altogether. And really, it comes down to our marketing efforts and communication efforts that how do we promote that. One of which is very importantly are the influencers mm -hmm. for them to experience the product. If you're thinking I'm going to fly coach, I'm just going to have to stop. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe I you will be. Do, you will be. You will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. What are the key things you would say to someone at a dinner party saying, you've got to fly our airline? Like how the Qatar passenger experience is different. So it is like walking into a five-star hotel, in essence. I mean, if you want to have that experience on an airline, which unfortunately doesn't exist on a lot of carriers today, mm -hmm. if you want to have that experience, and if you really want to see how the products are so different than our competitors, you really have to try Qatar for once. And that's what we always get. People who have tried the product once, they become our loyal customers for life. Let's talk about like connecting through Doha. I had the ability on the A350-1000 flight, which mm -hmm. I was on. We did the low pass over the Corniche, mm -hmm. and I've flown Qatar a number of times, uh, most recently with my parents and a, a friend in the Q-suite. We were playing cards, and everyone was looking at us like, you guys are playing cards on a plane? It was like one of the best flights of my life. But let's <laughs> talk about Doha, mm -hmm. like connecting in Doha. Why is that appealing? I can speak to it. It's a great airport. And how are you guys investing there? Look, as you rightfully said that, you know, we've invested a lot in the product, both up in the air and on the ground. And, you know, transit experiences or, you know, hub experience is one of the more paramount things for us as well. So our airport is one of the best in the world. It's, uh, as you must have seen, the recent uh, results of uh, various different ratings that is ranked one of the top. And as I said, when you go on Qatar Airways, you're having an experience of a five-star airline, a five-star hotel up in the air. It's similar to when you land in uh, Hamad International Airport as well. 
you'll walk through the airport and you feel like you're in a hotel. The setting has been done as such that airport experience is not that great, let's be honest. I mean, you walk through airports, Especially you're like, oh my God, my where am I going to get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the next Sad. flight? So we want to make that experience uh, more pleasurable. So we want to make the airport experience as a destination experience. Mm -hmm. So when you land into HR, you have this calm, cool, collected, even the lights are dimmed to a mm -hmm. certain point, And that's done very scientifically, whereby how do you feel more calm walking through an airport? Mm -hmm. It's designed as a big space, so you don't feel claustrophobic. And it's designed as a space where you feel like you're in a high-end mall or a high-end hotel. At 1 a.m., the buzz going through that airport, it's oh, yeah. like, it's a really cool place. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the future. What can Qatar Airways passengers expect in 2020? As I said, we've always been taking it to the next level. And as of recently this year, we announced uh, our new economy class product as introduced by His Excellency. It will be introduced next year in some of our fleet. And of course, the QC remains our or the industry's flagship product in yep. business class. Congratulations on that, by the way. You Thank won you so TPG much. Awards. We had our readers vote. Um, and our, on our editorial staff, we reviewed mm -hmm. all the top you guys got the first ever best business class in the world. Thank you. Now, I have to ask, one of the biggest trends in aviation has been premium economy, like true premium economy cabins in the U.S. We've seen huge investments. You guys have always said no because your, your economy is premium economy. Is that still the, the case? Or? I think that's why you need to take that two-hour flight, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Am I putting you on thin ice again? And, no, no, absolutely yeah. not. But I think you should really experience the product. Mm -hmm. I mean, once you experience our economy class product, you'll understand that why there is no need for a premium yeah. economy. Makes sense. Now, Qatar has been expanding a lot lately. What is your favorite new destination, say, added over the last couple years in, in your route map that uh, you love to visit for vacation? Oof, uh, that's a good question. I mean, firstly, I don't take a lot of vacation. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, as you rightfully said, there's, yeah. uh, it's not an easy task yeah. to manage such a global brand yeah. and then also manage the in-flight entertainment product um, and the amount of uh, projects we have in the pipeline mm -hmm. uh, for both IFE and also marketing. I mean, it yeah. requires uh, a lot of time, but you know, you do it by heart. I yeah. mean, it's uh, really been uh, one of the best pleasures of my life, professional pleasures of mm -hmm. my life to work for an airline like Qatar Airways. So coming back to your point, where would I like or to where go? Where do you want to go? Maybe really, I would really you guys love have added to. Added a bunch in Southeast Asia. Oh, we have uh, added a whole bunch. Neat. I would actually want to, and trust me or not, I would really want to do the Auckland longest flight. Oh, I really want yeah. to try that. Um, what what plane is currently on there? It's on a triple seven two hundred LR. It's with the Q suite. So if you really want to enjoy the Q suite experience for the, the longest way. time in the world, I mean, you 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 get on that flight. That brings up a good point. I haven't been to New Zealand in a couple years, so. I'm, I'm adding that to my <laughs> list of things to do as well. And I'm very curious, are you a window or aisle seat person? When you're not in a Q-suite, you know, of course, in your own. I'm a window person. Window person. Me too, yes. <laughs> We've had a lot of aisle people on the podcast, but I think we're going to have to do a checklist soon who's winning. <laughs> Babar, thank you so much for your time. Thanks um, a lot, Congratulations bro. on the world-class product that you guys have built. I've flown Qatar Airways a number of times and always look forward to flying again, so... Look forward to testing out your new innovations in, in passenger. Perfect. Thank you. Brian, looking forward to welcoming you on board soon. That's it for this episode of Talking Points. A huge thanks to Babar Rahman, the VP of Global Marketing and In-Flight Entertainment and Connectivity at Qatar Airways. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, a huge thanks to the entire Apex Expo team where this episode was recorded. Dr. Joe Leader, the CEO of Apex, Robin Applebaum and her team for pulling it all together for TPG. And many thanks to the LA Convention Center and its staff for being so accommodating and my own crew, Christy Matsui, Becca Denenberg, Ned Russell, Scott Marowitz and Nat Rowe. And to my podcast team, Margaret Kelly and Caroline Shagrin. I'm Brian Kelly, Safe Travels. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.